Here we go, folks. Another episode of Toad's Tunes. My name is Toad. Today, I'm sitting down with Mike Ryan. We talked about new music, hunting, rock crawling. We even talked about some holes in walls, getting to do a show with Morgan Wallen, and so much more. I'm going to dive right into this one because, folks, it's that good. Well, let's get to know Mike Ryan. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Mike Ryan, back in Vegas, back at Stoney's. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Dude, it's been since 2017. It's been a long time, long time. since you played here, man. Long yeah. time. We were talking earlier about this hole-in-the-wall place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny story. We we uh, we go back that we had an incident with someone in your band that, that had a rough night and yep. punched a hole in the wall, and we here at Stoney's decided that's something we would never fix. I, and I'm so glad that you didn't. It's such a nice story to re- revisit <laughs> with the new band members that have that have made their way into the band. You're gonna have to tell them about this later. I think yeah. I think it'll be fun. But um, <laughs> that little hole in the wall has become a topic for so much stuff, which to me is rad because it's it's rock and roll, right? Not what they yeah. call that. <laughs> I think. Well, anyway, welcome back to Stoney's. I'm Thanks, looking forward man. to to having you back on our stages again. Our photographer that comes in tonight that's shooting just sent me a text this afternoon that said he's been listening to your music and. He normally doesn't get too stoked on shows, like every one of them, but he's stoked to see you tonight, like what? I'm sure yeah. everyone else is, too. That's awesome, man. What's What's been going on with you the past, I mean, we can have some fun and say six years, because I believe it was April of 2017 was the last time you were here. Well, I mean, there's about two years in there that are forgettable for everyone. Uh, we, we, of course, took some time off during the 2022, 2021, 2020 phase. I mean, it was really just... 20 and 21 we got back uh after towards the end of 21 but the covid thing you know nobody put, was working during that time so it put a damper on everybody's that was, lifestyle that's for damn sure that was strange but um you know going up leading up into it uh we we'd put out a new project i think in uh 2017 and so we are 2018 and so that was uh uh something we were running around playing and enjoying um and we just put out an, a new one recently a couple months back called long cut which um we were actually trying to put out during uh 2020 that i'd planned on on putting that project out then but because of all the shit going down we were not able to uh to complete the project as as normally scheduled as pre-planned yeah so we uh we took some time added a few more songs to it which is cool um the project changed a little bit than it would have been originally, but I think for the better. And so uh, we're just excited about being able to go out and play those those songs for everybody and uh, especially come back out here to Stoney's in Vegas. Heck it's, yeah. It's good to be back. Uh, New Hometown. That's one of the singles on there. I play that. So we have Country AF Radio. Uh-huh. Uh, I play the shit out of that tune. Um, I nice. like it. And I, I'm going to go back to probably one of my favorites is Can Down. I love, okay. I love that tune. You guys playing that tonight? We can play Can Down. I'll have to check the set list to make sure that it's in there, but if it's not, I'll throw it in there. That'd be badass, man. I love that tune. <laughs> so what did, what did you find yourself doing during, like, the 2020 time? Not working? Did you Do you hunt? Do you fish? Do you... Oh, yeah. So I've got two young kids, and so during that time, they were, like, one and three. So I, being home was actually kind of a blessing, you know, during... I, I would have missed out on a whole lot more had I been under normal working conditions right. so uh, it was nice to have that that first couple of years with my boys but um you know dad's got to work so it's uh 
it's it's good to be back out. But yeah, during that time we did a lot of a lot of family stuff. I hunted as much as I could. Unfortunately, I didn't have that much luck uh, in the woods during that time. But it's coming. It came back to me, I guess, this year because I've had like the most ridiculous hunting season so far this year, and I'm not done. Maybe so. they were in isolation as well. Maybe so. <laughs> I mean, I definitely spent a lot of time uh, sitting in tree stands and out in the woods. But uh, where do you call home? <clears throat> so I'm in Granbury, Texas. Okay, uh, just south of Fort Worth, and uh, we had a actually just sold it this past year, but had a ranch in Oklahoma, which was great. Um, a big place that I had with a couple of friends of mine, and we spent a lot of time out there. When it first, like the lockdown first happened, we were out there for a month. Just yeah. you know, it's kind of isolated i mean you got to take a 15 mile dirt road to get there what Uh, kind of ranch is it so it's called rugged mountain ranch and um it's uh there's about it was 3700 acres it was to about 2200 of uh like mountainous kind of terrain it reminded me a lot of new mexico um not quite as high in elevation but uh, similar topography and pine trees and stuff like that. That's uh, badass. And then there was about 1,500 acres of like pasture land that had a big creek running through it and, and some heavily wooded areas. And it was just, it was great, man. I mean, a huge place that I, uh, it took some time to just work your way around it and figure out where to put up hunting spots because the people that owned it before us didn't hunt so for like 15 years before we got it there was nobody else hunting out there and so, so that's what you guys got it for was just for the hunting or did you raise cattle or anything or so there were four four of us that were went in on it and we had that the previous owners had a cattle operation they had like two 250 head uh, oh, wow. out there and so <clears throat> we uh, we took over that herd and then brought in some others as well. And so we were up to almost 400 at one time. Uh, but we were, every year we would, it was a cow-calf operation, so we would sell the calves every year and, and just replace uh, the, uh, keep some of the cows to replace the aging, uh, aging cows that we had, or keep some heifers to replace aging cows. But, um, you know, it was... It was something that I had. It was cool to do because I before that time I'd had some ranching experience, but I'd never really been hands on with livestock like that. Right. So I got to, you know, spent several days up there when we were working the cattle and you know, branding and giving them shots and doing all that. And uh, I didn't take part in the the cutting, uh, which I watched a couple, and that's a strange. Uh, strange situation. It's a nasty business, <laughs> but legit. Yeah, I mean, you you just you know, I, I, and of course it, it's got to be done. You know, somebody's got to do it. But I you was did happy it on to let site. The other cowboys. Oh yeah, they just they tie them down, get their pocket knife out, slit the throat, and no, no, not the throat. We're talking about castration. They just oh cut, that part of it. Nuts. Got yeah. it. No, yeah, no thanks. And so <laughs> yeah, they just did the did the whole deal, and it's. It wild to see uh but no sh- did you guys like process the cows and eat them and all that kind of stuff so, or no we just sold them uh we sold the the uh the cows or the calves every year so we didn't have any any part of the so we're just process. raising them per yeah, se we just we kept them there for you know the first four or five months you know and then we'd sell them 
That's crazy. Last last weekend, uh, we had a, an artist that played here, and he brought some people from some pretty bigger 90s, 2000 bands, like some some other players. So we had a guy from Sugar Ray, one from Smash Mouth, one from Train, one from Uncle Cracker. But the guy that played for Train has this understudy, uh, a kid that goes to school, Berkeley School of Music in Spain. Well, his dad owns a, a cattle ranch in northern Utah. Okay. And just shooting the poop, and he just asked me, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I don't understand the question. He was like, dude, he goes, I just got a, a message that we just had this this cow processed. He goes, if you want to take a road trip, I'll give you a quarter of it. And I just <laughs> went, all right, let's go. <laughs> so I ended up in Salt Lake last weekend on a whim. Uh, my goal was to drive up, grab the beef, and drive back home. Yeah, it didn't happen because it was a, a lot longer trip because the storms came and everything like that. Oh, but yeah. Ended up in Salt Lake for a night. It was rad. My girl was a little stressed because she didn't bring a change of anything. No mm. toothbrush, no contact stuff, no hairbrush. We ended up at Target, spent some money. But <laughs> we did come home with a quarter beef. I got enough hamburger, T-bones, like tri-tip, fillets, rib steaks, like sirloin steaks, like for the year. I'm sorry. Nice. But, I mean, that's why I guess I ask because that sense you, you have something like that, you never have to buy meat again. Oh, exactly. So, um we had, and you know, if we would have still had it, we probably would have started something different. We were talking about changing from an operation or the cow calf operation to uh, like a subscription beef service where we would sell the the cow like straight from the ranch to table, essentially, right. and cut out all the processing and stuff. Well, I mean, we would we would have had to do that, sure. Uh, but there was a guy that lived just down the street from our ranch that he was retired but he had processed beef his whole life and so he had a lot of the equipment still and right um we were starting to try and talk him out of retirement um to help us start this thing but it ended up being a little more in the weeds than we wanted to get and with the four different owners like it was hard to get anybody to agree on everything and so we just sure and then the we got the offer to sell and so that was made it were all these guys in music the partners or just friends and no, stuff like just, that uh, so it's my manager myself and uh two of his friends that are in the roofing construction business and so they, they all hunt that yeah, was kind of like the point so they wanted to have a ranch that they could bring clients out to hunt you know and then also for um, it was actually kind of a cool thing because the, the way that the land worked out, uh, there were these rock crawlers that would come out there and like in their trucks, like, like completely custom modded giant tires, right. jacked up suspensions and all this stuff. And they would, they had been doing it for several years before we'd, uh, taken over, but essentially they just find like the, the natural kind of drainages in this, these mountains and they cut all the trees out and then they drive over these boulders that are as big as their fucking car can i say fuck? yeah <laughs> sorry fuck yeah you can yeah. <laughs> uh so it's just like you get to the bottom of one of these runs and look up and like there's no way we're gonna get to the top of this thing like we're in a truck it's not possible and the guy's like just put your tire on that big rock and then put the next tire on that big rock and you just bump 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 all the way bump, up bump bump your way up it's like wow dude it's incredible it's not fast i mean you can sure count the treads on the tire as you're you know count the knobs as you're turning them but um it was just really cool to see and there's hundreds of these people that would show up and it was a you know a legitimate park that we had out there and um you make money off that oh yeah i yeah. mean it wasn't like we were rolling sure you know, but it was you know some some extra cash and uh just extra interest for the ranch and it was all, all they were already doing it before we bought it so it was like 
man, there's a nice little community of people, and everybody that comes out, they're all they're all cool. Like right. they all get along, and if somebody breaks down, everyone stops and helps them. Helps them, yeah. you know, gets them back home or gets them in another car. I mean, some of these people had to leave their rigs there because they had they broke down and they couldn't get parts to fix, so they got to go back and come or come back later to fix them. But everybody's got just the biggest smiles on their faces. Like they they just completely smashed their rig trying to you know, uh, get up this run, and now they can't ride anymore, but they just hop in with somebody else right. and then, you know, or fix it and keep on going. So it's just it's fun. Part of our trip up to this Utah, we stopped at Sand Hollow, and there's dunes there. Well, my, my new friend Dave had a couple razors, and we went out. He goes up this hill. I'm in his other razor watching him. I get about halfway up, and the car just sinks in the sand, right? Mm-hmm. So he comes over the top, and he's laughing at me, has his camera going call me retard every other name in the book well then i'm like i have one choice and that's to turn this thing around on this hill like this and go back down and then try it again well i don't know if you've been in a razor on the side of a mountain you don't want it sideways Mm because you're going to end up rolling but these dudes out of nowhere just stop and come and walk me through backing it up helping me out it was the neatest thing in the world just like those dudes at the rock crawlers are all laughing smiling having a good time and here i am kind of shitting my pants thinking if this thing rolls i'm gonna a look like an asshole b probably could get hurt and c it's not gonna be cheap to fix so i was kind of like so this guy just these two people came out and just biggest smiles on their faces just helped me back it up told me to go here here then get on the gas and turn this way and i'm like i have a razor but i don't go in the dunes i'm a desert guy like totally two different things it's like yeah i hunt fish but you hunt deer it's a totally different game you Mm -hmm. know sort of thing is that what you do hunt is deer man i'll hunt anything they'll let me uh honestly uh Deer has been my primary quarry just because it's it's what's around. Right. Um, I've gone on a bunch of elk hunts. I've hadn't had much success there, but it's like you know it's archery as just about all I do. I'll I'll do some rifle hunts too, but uh, I prefer to bow hunt. Really? Yeah, How do you get started in that? Man, I got my first bow when I was in high school, and it was years later into college when I first killed something because i'd i'd had a bad shot well i a couple of them you know and missed opportunities and then wounded animals you know it happens but um it kind of turned me off uh, initially not myself i i hunted somebody else's place and their wife got pissed off when i wounded an animal that we couldn't find and she like ripped me a new one and so it was just like wow Okay, well, I guess I'm going to put this bow up for a while cuz I suck, you right. know. And and the bow that I had, it was it was one that uh my parents got me for Christmas one year and it it was capable of killing a deer, but it was not by any means a good like quick shooting bow. Uh and several years later when I was in college and I was, you know, I was working as a barback and saved up some money and and got my own bow and it was a little bit better and then I started focusing and practicing a lot more and i killed my first one it was like wow man this is way more involved it's way more intense than a rifle hunt because like i can hear this animal breathing right like i'm that close and it can if there's so many things that can go wrong like you're in their red zone when you're bow hunting like they're an animal that is bred it's uh, all its life it's looking out for predators like people that are trying to kill it and so it's just switched on all the time and so uh to to close that kind of a distance and get in that that close with uh with the animal and the bow has just always been a lot more exciting the rush yeah and so 
uh, again, I, I like to hunt, and there's there's a uh, rarely if if I've got it worked out on the home front, uh, rarely an opportunity that I'll pass up if I get one, just because I I love being out in the woods and I love hunting different things and hunting with different people and just learning different strategies every time I go. Keep learning something new, you right? Know, some other some other kind of skill set to um to try and tackle but um yeah it's a lot of fun matter of fact uh we're playing on a saturday in grand junction and and sunday morning i'm gonna wake up and go try and track down a cougar uh with one of my buddies he's got some dogs that run uh we're gonna do some cougar hunting on sunday wow before i go back home that's kind of cool yeah if you had your choice and you could make as much money in music as you can make in hunting which way would you go Man, I think I'd still go music. Yeah. I mean, I just love it. And being in front of a giant crowd, the energy that you get. I've got some pretty intense rushes from hunting, but it's more satisfying, I feel like, getting music that from, a, from a live audience. You know, there's, there's times when I've stood on the stage here and we've had a full crowd and I'll announce the artist and I'll give something away or some something that we're doing. And the response, I can't even hear myself think. It's mm-hmm. just, and I always walk off the stage and go, that right there is why they do this. Yep. A hundred percent. Because you, you can't explain that feeling. No. You really, like, I walk out and I'm like, I can't even hear myself think sometimes. Like, there's been, like, legit nights I've walked off that stage and just looked at my friends or something and just went, I don't even know what just happened. Yep. But I can't feel anything in my body. And, that, and I'll go to the artist that, that happened to be there and I'm like, I understand why you do what you do now. Yeah, completely. I love music. Uh, I love it for different reasons. I love new music. I love the newer artists. It's just my thing. But th- that feeling of getting to that point in your career when someone, when that that they just explode like that, and and I'm just a guy giving away some shit. Yeah, I can. But I trip out when I hear artists. Like I went and saw a band called Bayside years and years and years ago. I think it was Bayside, and I was at the House of Blues, and the singer didn't sing any of his songs because the crowd did. Okay. And I went, holy shit, like changed everything. I just was like, man, this is nuts because they're just fans. But yeah, I mean, the first time you played a show like that and the crowd was singing your songs, that feeling like it's got to be like a like some sort of a drug that you just got to chase. Well, right. Yeah. I, you know, because I played for a long time. I started playing when I was in college and even after I'd written some songs and even some original songs that it, my friends and stuff really liked and some of my like local people that knew who I was would request the songs that they knew of mine and they would sing them back sometimes. But the first time that I remember hearing like a big crowd singing back, I'll never forget, dude. It was Mardi Gras, Texas style. We were in Dallas and there's probably, I don't know, 15, 20,000 people there. And I don't know if they're all, it's an inside there's a stage outside and and then two stages inside and the bigger stages are inside um and that's where most of the people are but i don't know how many people were there but i just kind of took a leap of faith i had a song that was was doing well on the texas radio at the time it was you know my single and uh i got to the last chorus and i just held the mic out and let them do it and it was just like holy shit i had you know this massive crowd i can barely see the end of singing your song back and it's just like i and there was 
bunch of videos that I I got to relive that moment for a long time because they had these giant screens on either side of the stage where they were videoing it and some of my friends had taken videos of me and then they panned to the screen and then they pan back to me and I'm just like on cloud nine just right. sitting there taking it all in and it's it was a uh, it was special man and that's been something that continues to happen and it, it like those giant crowds are obviously a lot of fun but you know you can be in a club with 300 people and get the same kind of like you know jacked up reaction just like man it deafening smaller crowds can be just as loud you know as the bigger ones and it's just it's a, a different sound but same like energy and same like emotion that they're uh transferring that energy transfer i feel like is such a cool thing as an artist like we we're giving it to them and they're giving it right back to us you know? that do you do you prefer the large kind of setup like that with 15 10 15,000 people versus playing in a venue like this where the caps like a thousand like do you you know i feel like i uh it's hard to say i mean i Bigger crowds can can definitely uh, just looking out and seeing like you can't really focus on anybody individually because there's so many of them and seeing the the big seas of people is always really cool. But uh, I mean, we make our make our living on thousand cap rooms. It yeah. seems like, and so it's that's a that's a you know fun thing to do as well. Like we we've been doing it a long time and you know some of the rooms we we get into the bigger rooms in in the venues or in the in the markets uh and some of them will keep playing the same place we've been playing but it's just you know it's uh it's always a lot of fun man we enjoy what we do for sure do you enjoy playing in texas a lot i mean yeah i guess branching out from texas is a little bit different mm-hmm. um where have you seen the most people that that kind of react to your music outside of texas you know, um, we've uh, we've hit the southeast. I would say most frequently outside of the well, the south like there's Texas, and then of course we get into Oklahoma and some Midwest stuff. But then southeast, I feel like over the last couple of years, pre-COVID, like we were really 2017, 18, well, 18 and 19, I was making a an effort as often as I could get down in that area. I just I wanted to because I felt like there was a could see the growth in it. Well, definitely, but also just a hunger for live music and like people that really appreciate it down there. Right. And um, in that particular area, you know, if you and it's not the same for everybody, but if you can make uh, a mark in the southeast, it kind of unlocks different markets throughout the country, from what I've been told. because there's just, you know, I don't know why, but a lot of people that are paying attention to what people are doing in that area and then bringing it to other parts of the country. So um, we've we've enjoyed our, uh, you know, those Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi runs that we'll do. And then, of course, we play Nashville and, and those areas, is, or Tennessee. And, um, and it's just, uh, you know, it's cool. I mean... Texas shows are are great. We uh, we appreciate our Texas fans definitely, and we uh, we play a lot around there just because it's so big and there's so many places to play. <laughs> that there is. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll continue doing that, but you know we'll also continue spreading out and getting farther and farther as we 
go long. Is there a bigger artist that you would love to get on the road with? Like, oh yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them. Like we who? Did, uh, we did. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt. You're good. Um, we did a show with Morgan uh, Morgan Wallen last Who's year. That? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and that was great. I mean, uh, Hardy was actually supposed to open, but he had the bus crash like right before. And fortunately, everybody seemed to make it out of that and, and recover. But um, for that show, Ernest stepped in and, and played, which was great, too. Because, yep. you know, we got to got to see Ernest in the stadium. And just that, there was such a cool vibe around everybody and all the, all the different band camps backstage. Because that was Morgan's first headlining stadium. Uh, right. And the last show of their tour and... Um, uh, you know, for us, it was our first time playing a stadium, and uh, for it being uh, right there in in uh, Arlington, you know, kind of our stomping grounds, it was really cool. Was that at Dallas Cowboy Stadium? Is that where that? No, was? it was uh, where the Texas Rangers play. Okay, that's Globe Life Park or right. Globe Life Field. Or that's pretty neat, man. I know that that Morgan played here, and he was up down was the only single he had the first time he played, and then he came yeah. back like. Uh, it's about four months later, and the way I talk had come out, mm-hmm. and he was a totally different dude, totally changed, and now he's just blossomed into a monster. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. That was so cool, man. Like his the production of his show uh, was incredible, and just his energy. I'd never seen him live other than just videos of him playing guitar. But half of the show, he had no instrument at all. He was just running, working the stage, and they had this big stage with several catwalks and different places where he can go. And I'm telling you, man, he used every bit of it and it's was good. just running around, and uh, it was cool to see. And, of course, extremely grateful and humbled by the whole experience, too, he was. And so it was just nice to see that, you know, him um, showing that sort of, you know, appreciation for his fans and and everyone, I think, had a great, just great time. It was cool Who else show. would you like to go out on the road with? Like an artist you have not gone out with, someone that's like your bucket list. Um, man, uh, I've uh, I've gotten to know Luke Combs a little bit and some of the guys in his band. Uh, we haven't gone out and played. Uh, any shows yet with them? I've just met him, you know, around town. What the, we played uh, Windy City Smoke, Smoke Out, Out yeah. uh, a couple years back, and that was where I met him. And then, um, in my trips to Nashville, I'd go out there and I wrote, wrote with uh, his guitar player Rob Williford, and um, I've gotten to know him pretty good. And uh, yeah, so we've just hung out a couple times. But he would definitely be a a good one. Um, he played here in 2016. Luke. Really? Yeah, right when Hurricane was hitting the highway. Okay. Yeah, and he was just back here with um, Ashley McBride and Ray Fulcher. They played over at T-Mobile here at the arena. Nice. I don't even know what you call that arena. Uh, it's our hockey stadium, but he played there. I went to that show, shot the shit with Cappy for a little bit, and yeah. got to got to see a, a whole nother, like, that, I'd seen him once before that at a festival in Utah, um, other than him playing here, but, dude, what a growth. I mean, oh yeah, you never know overnight what can happen anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Are you social? I mean, do you yeah. do you find yourself going out there utilizing that tool TikTok and everything like that? Oh well, I mean, I wouldn't say with TikTok as much. We're getting on that. Uh, well, you know, as as we go, and this is uh, this is my photographer Ty. He's he's handling our our socials currently. Um, are on the team. We've uh, 
he's been taking pictures for us for a long time, but starting to handle some of the socials too. But yeah, TikTok is one that I, uh, you know, unfortunately I haven't gotten involved with. Maybe I mean they're talking about shutting it down, so we'll see if, it, <laughs> if it's even relevant. Been saying that but... for like since Trump was in office, <laughs> I mean I get it. I just I guess in a sense I say that do you do you share a lot of your new music stuff and, and everything like that? Do you go, do you, I mean, yeah. I, it just feels like it's an avenue to get, um, I don't want to say gratification. That's not the word I'm thinking of, but just some sort of a response. If you have something new that you're just playing with, I, I think I find a lot of stuff on there and it's a good way to tease people and yeah. in a good way to new stuff. I guess that was the question more. So are you, do you, do you find yourself the need to be social? <laughs> well, so during, uh, the 2020 times when we weren't playing, I built a studio and, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's probably going to be a work in progress for a while, but here recently, uh, I've gotten a bunch of equipment to, uh, to just get good quality audio and video recorded. And we've got a, a little set that we're building in there now. So I, I can do that more frequently. Right. Um, before then I was really doing all my writing and everything in Nashville, but whenever COVID happened, everybody quit getting face to face and they started doing zoom stuff and that was not for me either. Uh, but I talked to quite a few people. I don't mean to interrupt, but during that, during that time where they would sit down and I would say that a good 80% of them didn't quite feel it because you couldn't get the vibe. But then there was like 20% of them were like, yeah, it was cool. It worked. I mean, we developed a lot of stuff out of it, but I would just think that being in a room and looking at someone in their face and seeing their interactions with the way you're speaking to them or the ideas that you have, it just has to be different. Oh, yeah. And not having to deal with lag issues and talking over somebody and having to say, no, you go first or go ahead or wait. Like that whole stuff is just frustrating. And it it was distracting from the whole purpose. Like we're trying to get creative. And I mean, forcing creativity even in a room, like with songwriters, when you do it all the time, it can be difficult you know it's not the easiest thing to do to come up with a song right um and when you're adding in all these other factors when you can't read body language and and hear everything that's going on or like and you have a laggy signal or whatever it's just it's frustrating and i only did it a couple of times and was just like no man i'm gonna not for you i'm gonna write on my own i'll bring people in uh if if we want to do that and that was kind of the point of building that studio and I mean, eventually I would. I'm gonna have a golf simulator and some <laughs> other stuff in there, so it'll be like a. Uh, I've got a bunch of workout equipment and and some other stuff. So it's just a place that I want to go hang out. Home and your home. Yeah, and a lot of my buddies that that write also like to play golf, and so we can just sit around and hit some balls in the hit simulator, 18, and right? Yeah. yeah, not have to leave the house. Are those very so. expensive? Oh, you, I mean, you can you can get them done economically. Uh, you can spend you know hundred grand plus on them if you want to, uh, but you can like Damn. cheapest thing you could do is probably depending on how much you, the launch monitor is usually the most expensive thing, and some of them have like this expen- expensive camera stuff that's actually like mounted in the ceilings and touch screens and everything that you can get in the weeds and spend a lot of money on it but that's what like tiger woods has you know right not everybody needs a tiger woods golf simulator but you know probably eight or ten grand you can get it done for and and like it would be comparable to something that you could go out and play like if you've 
been to a place that has golf simulators, like Half, a bar yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, it'll be somewhat like that. And it's just, you know, there. I've got a golf course that's in the neighborhood, so I can play there, but it's just so packed all the time. There's You can't just hop on. you got to set a tee time. And, yeah. you know, if you have that, like it's raining outside, it's cold or windy, you can just... Perfect elements. Yeah. And, and so I put a putting green in my backyard. And uh, in the summertime, I literally put an AirPod in my ear and I do 90% of my phone calls while I'm putting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's nice, <laughs> it's man. It's the easiest way to do it. But, you know, I mean, I've gotten pretty good. My friends come over. They don't want to bet money anymore. But maybe they do. My buddy Sparky <laughs> does. He just... There's this one shot that goes all the way across the whole thing from one to the other. And if you don't hit it just perfect, if you hit it a little to the left, it goes way left. If you hit it a little to the right, it goes way right. If you hit it, it's literally the perfect shot. It's the only way it goes in. And my buddy Sparky was the first one to master that. It pissed me off because it was in my own backyard. But yeah. but that's where I spend a lot of my time. Like when I'm on the <laughs> phone, is just putting. I can't play golf for shit, but yeah, I can putt. Man, it's, uh, it's fun. I don't know that I'll ever be a scratch golfer or... Uh, but it's uh, it's something that I'll be able to play all my life, and I can right. bring my kids out and play with them, and and play with my dad and just friends and stuff. It's it's a nice uh, a nice sport to be familiar with. I and feel you, like. I think everybody pretty much plays golf in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good good way to get out with the guys. And then if you have a girl that plays golf or just likes to drive the cart and drink, it's a win. Yeah, you know. Sort of thing. That's funny. Exactly. What was the first song you ever learned how to play? Uh, Turn the Page, Bob Seger. Holy cow. Why? Man, I don't know. And to be honest with you, uh, that it was one that I remember hearing when I was driving around with Dad. For whatever reason, that song would come on the radio. And, uh, I, you know, I, I was a big Bob Seger fan. I liked the Eagles and... A lot of a lot of different stuff. Classic rock was kind of what we listened to the most, uh, and then '90s country too. But that one, um, it was, it was just a really, uh, really cool song that gave me goosebumps. And so I learned how to play it and played it for years, completely the wrong way. I was using playing the wrong chords, but I just I never looked up how to play it. I just felt right to you. Yeah, I looked up the lyrics and then and figured it out the best I could and then somebody told me one day he was like hey man that's actually supposed to be an E minor instead of an E it's like and I played it E minor and it was like whoa <laughs> brand new song so much darker sounds so much better so that's how it's supposed to be but um yeah I actually uh I was in a I was in choir in high school and our last show Every year is called Pop Show, and um, there's a bunch of different choirs that would perform, and they'd have solo acts, individual or, or uh, duets, and and groups, different groups that played. And uh, I played Turn the Page for that. And it was on. There's a DVD of it somewhere. Wow, and, but it's it's, cool. it was before they told me I was playing it wrong. So it's wrong as shit. Me playing it and singing it, banging away as a you know 17 year old just. Just learning how to play guitar, but uh, yeah, sang my ass off, and and uh, it was fun, and definitely inspired a lot more. It's pretty cool. I'm gonna ask you one more question. We'll get your butt out of here. Give me one guilty pleasure of Mike Ryan. 
that you're like like this is gonna fall into something Guilty like pleasure. I have to tell my friends that aren't in the music industry that come into my life that you can't tell people you like Nickelback. You can like them, but you, but you can't tout that you like Nickelback. Just <laughs> yeah, just a thing, right? Yes. Creed, Nickelback. I mean, yeah, they're, you whatever. You you appreciate it silently. Yes. You don't sing along in public, but. You jam out to it. Dude, my girl, if I'm in the car and something <laughs> comes on, she will go like this with her phone and just try and videotape me doing it. I'm just like, but that, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Um, I mean, now, well, now that you mention Nickelback, I feel like it's got to be a it doesn't have musical pleasure. Yeah, it doesn't have to be musical, but, I mean, yeah, that's a fun one. I mean, um, Man, I wish I... So... And I, I mean, I'm sure he's still relevant. Everyone was giving Bieber shit, you know. There's, there's some Bieber songs that are just smashes, like Hell jams, yes. dude. I love some of those. Again, I'm not trying to learn the dance moves and sing along in public, but um, it's a uh, that would that would be one. Um, I'm not going to tell you that Saturday Night Live when he was on it, I probably watched it 15 times now because really? oh yeah, just his performances. Like I wouldn't, I don't, know, I don't know if I'd go see a show or anything like that. But on Saturday Night Live was pretty cool. My mom one night wanted to go see Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. He played here, and uh, Claire Dunn was playing here. Oh, cool! I didn't get to see Claire Dunn because I took my mom to go see Justin Timberlake, and I was upset because I went to the show and he would play verse, chorus, go to the next song. They did medleys. I was pissed. I hate it when they do that. I, I mean, dude, you're just. Oh, okay, I'm done. Next one. And I was, I'm like, fuck, I could be back at Stoney's watching Claire Dunn. She's bummed. great, dude. I've, I've heard. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get to see her. But yeah, I, got, I we, probably should bring her back. We played a played a show with her. Uh, it was, I feel like it was somewhere out in Nebraska or, I don't know. I remember it It, it was very flat. Um, and we played a, a racetrack. It was like a dirt racetrack that we played. Um, anyway. She's great. I mean, hell of a guitar player's got some really cool songs, and uh, that was a lot of fun uh, to to meet and, and play with her that night. But um, yeah, I hadn't seen Timberlake in concert. I would imagine that would be cool. I would I would go if I got the opportunity. It but was it was a neat setup. Like he literally at the place where it was at, he had his stage on the side. And let's just consider it a shoebox, and right down the middle, he had this catwalk. Well, along either side of the catwalk was a bar and you could have bought you could buy the bar seat so there's bartenders down there people sitting and he's walking right across in front of you singing it it was badass but yeah. m- but my 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 one problem i had with it is it just wasn't you would get into the song and he would go to the next one yeah and it was a bummer man it's a fucking bummer yeah i haven't seen too many of those concerts where they uh where they throw a string a medley of their hits together and they just give you the verse chorus but that's it's a very, very big letdown when that happens. I was bummed. It's I like, literally man. was like, it probably wasn't every song, but it was a lot of them. And I mm-hmm. was just like, this is, I was like, and all I kept saying was, man, I could be watching Claire Dunn right now. <laughs> so you're going to go with Bieber as your as your guilty pleasure? That's what you're going to leave us with? I mean, I guess I have to just because I can't think of anything better uh, at the moment that I'm like slightly ashamed about being a fan of. Uh I listen to more podcasts than anything these days, so it's hard to it's hard to say. But you know, um, I um I obviously 
always like you do with music, you probably listen to other stuff and watch other artists and you probably learn from going out on the road and getting the opportunity with, with Morgan to see stuff. I listen to podcasts all the time just so I can hone my craft per se. And I enjoy them. There's so much to learn. And I think oh, yeah. that's, that's why this is my fifth year of doing these. And I love it because yeah. it's, you, people get to know a, a different side of you. I don't, like I said earlier, I've had, I've had tour managers come in and hand me a piece of paper and they just say talking points. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't. Could you imagine? Yeah. Where were you born? What was the first oh, instrument no. you played? What school <laughs> did you go to? What's your mom's last name? I'm like, no, I'm not. That's dumb. Like, I just want to see where it goes. And see, we didn't talk politics. Not even I promised bit. you I was, but I didn't. Dude, tell people how to find you online. So, uh, mycrimeband.com is our website. Uh, but I would say uh, Facebook and Instagram are probably our our uh, easiest tools to see what we're up to, you know, on a day to day basis. Instagram m- more so than than anything. Um, but and yeah, coming soon. Mike TikTok. Ryan ben. Oh no! Well, we've got a TikTok page. It's actually it's up and running. It the the handle is my crying band uh, on TikTok. But um, yeah, we've. There's a lot of fakes out there that have made pages. It's so strange the world that we live in. A lot of scammers. Um, so, yeah, we've uh, <clears throat> we've been trying to get that taken care of and get rid of as many of those as we can. But you know, it's kind of out of our hands. But kind of yeah. like that, my crying, my crying band uh, on you should, TikTok. You should, you should change your name across the board. <laughs> you know, when when we were putting that one together, there was like. It, 75 other Mike Ryan underscore official whatever oh, names yeah. that were already out there. So I was like, I can't, I, I, I don't know even how to do this, but I just, I've I've been saying that for years. Um, just at the end of the show, I haven't done it in a while because nobody seemed to get it, but when I first thought of it, I would just say, thanks for seeing, thanks for coming out to see my crying band, you know, and um, I don't, know if anybody ever got that or not but if they did they didn't say anything so yeah when we were looking for the username i was just like see if this is taken and it wasn't it so. wasn't <laughs> do you know kylie fry oh yeah do you have you paid attention to her screen name on instagram or kylie anything? french fry yeah yeah and i asked her why and her reason was people would always call her Frey. Frey, yeah yeah but oddly enough she has um a fry seasoning coming out Really? Yeah. <laughs> just I found that out by sitting with here here yeah. with her. Yeah, just a couple weeks ago. It was pretty That's crazy. Cool. But yeah, I thought it was kinda neat. You can know, I mean you could make t shirts of just you crying. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, thanks again for the time. You bet, man. Thank you. I need a new hometown, the one that doesn't bring